Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... George, say Rob. Rob, Rob, Bucket. And Josh? Josh. Okay. Whittacombe. <laughs> Good boy. Love you. <laughs> oh. Love you. Thank you. You know what? I think that might be the best you've ever had. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. He mugged his mum off, then also said, I love you, and yeah. did a good laugh. Is that Sid James? In my head, he's smoking a cigar in that bath. <laughs> Hi, Rob and Josh. This is my two-year-old son, George. He copies absolutely everything. Thank you for everything. I've never missed an episode, and you're both awesome. I definitely, and I definitely would. Oh, Ooh. Louise from Seven Oaks. Oh, you're neck of the woods as well, Rob. It is, and I definitely would. Is she saying that she fancies us? She can't be. <laughs> <laughs> It does seem very forward, doesn't it? It can't. <laughs> it says, Hi, Rob and Josh. This is my two-year-old. This is my two-year-old son. We're both married. She copies absolutely everything. He copies absolutely everything. Thank yeah. you for everything. I don't I want him to copy that, please, Louise. <laughs> Thank you for everything. I've never missed an episode, and you're both awesome, and I definitely would. That can't be true. Well, thank you very much, Louise. Oh, um, I'll send your email. <laughs> How are you, Rob? I'm good. Uh, Peter Andre is not someone I thought I'd be interviewing in my career. Why not? You're not a dreamer. Just, do you know what? I didn't bring this up. I once, uh, I, the only encounter I had before with Peter Andre was when me and Alex Brooker did the million pound drop. I was very new in TV. Yeah. It was just after the first Paralympics. Yeah. 
Oh, I'd love to watch that back. Oh my god! I thought you'd be getting and so stressed. Brooker uh, and me, and then halfway through, they did a uh, what felt exciting at the time. They did a Zoom, but it wasn't Zoom then. It was like a, a satellite link up with Peter Andre. Yeah. Uh, to announce that you could play, with, you could win the chance to play with Peter Andre next week. Right. And they build up this satellite link up with Peter Andre the whole way through. <laughs> and then when they bring him up at the bottom of his screen, it just says Peter Andre in Sussex. And you're like, fuck, they've built up this satellite link up. He's an hour away in Sussex. Surely going to come. I thought it was going to be in Australia. Davina and, Davina and Peter can barely get a conversation going. And this is pre-Zoom. Pre-Zoom. But he's on a... He used to be, he used to be really exotic, a satellite link. Now it's just like, just logging in. Oh, it used to be so exciting. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, have you met him before? Andre. Yeah, I have a couple of times. So I, I float around in that sort of bit of celebrity world, don't I, when I used to do the jungle. Yeah. You know, that sort of... I've yeah, been, yeah, yeah. I've been on... You Did know, he win the jungle? No, I don't think he did that year. I don't know if Jordan won it, he, he, but that was the year he wrote the hit song Insania yeah, that he wrote course, in the jungle. Yeah. And that's where he met Katie Price Jordan, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, I don't think he won the jungle. Good guy, though. Do you remember when Keris from Catatonia got together with Jani from EastEnders in the jungle? <laughs> I, I don't. Have I misremembered that? Because I'm not a, a regular watcher of it. But I can't. feel like I would have known that. Yeah, it feels like you should know that. Yeah, I don't, well, there is a. I've got a um a three year, two to three year period in my life where yeah. I all I did was gig and I didn't have a telly. I've got that for so many, like for football. I'm really bad for those first few years when I was a stand up comedian. Yes, I don't know exactly. and music. I just don't know what was going on. No, no, same. Any sort of pop culture stuff. I've got absolutely yeah. nothing in the. Yeah, but I think you're right. Yeah. Keris and yeah, I've I've completely blocked that out. But you're right, you're correct on that. But yeah, I've got I've got a pop culture black hole where all I was doing was like I had no money and no telly, and I'd just be at, out at gigs all the time and then getting drunk after, quite tragically. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think also, you're correct. Correct. I've got in in reverse. I've got a incredibly detailed knowledge of uh, minor news stories from around. 2013 to 2017 because I was doing panel shows almost every week about the news. Oh, Eric Pickles is burning yeah, into my head. Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. Is he still going, Eric Pickles? But Eric Pickles, basically, this was when we first started Mock the Week and everyone would just do like a, a weight joke about Eric Pickles. Yeah, he's quite a big bloke. And it was like, what a mad thing to do because he's just a bit of a, he's a big fella. And, they yeah. would, and I'd be like, oh, he's still doing Eric Pickles jokes. Every week. Eric Pickles jokes, horse lasagna, horse, horse meat, and Eric Pickles and Wayne Rooney being compared to Shrek happened a lot on what the week. Oh my word! Yeah, what what a life we um, lead. Before we bring you Peter Andre, let's have a quick bit of correspondence. We've not done much, yeah. have we? Um, no. There's um a lot of people talking about my Scrabble skills. Oh yeah. Um, regarding a recent episode where Rob talks about being really good at Scrabble and always beating Lou, who is a teacher with a master's degree. I'll have, I'll have yeah. you know. Um, my sister is dyslexic and is great at Scrabble. We think it's because her brain is looking at her letters in a far less linear way than those oh. of us without dyslexic tendencies. Thanks, Catherine. That's why. That is interesting. I knew the old dyslexia would come in handy at some point. There you go. I told you about that when I read it for the first time, dyslexia. You called it dyslexia. Yeah, it's, 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 it was a, an advert in Sainsbury's. Remember before the internet, people had, there was like a board and people could put little adverts of what they did, yeah, yeah. and it was a dyslexia tutor. And I was like, dyslexia tutor? What the fuck's dyslexia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing as well. This was an observation that never worked. Was a uh, oh, I look forward to that. 
dolphin friendly tuna. Yeah. Right. And I felt like you can't just be bothered about dolphins if you're eating fish. Like, how about tuna friendly tuna? You know, he's like, you're either eating fish or you're not. Like, well, can, just because they smile a bit, you can't eat a fucking dolphin. Yeah. I, I think that is funny. I think yeah. that is funny. Rob. Yeah, it never, never really works. Bring it back. Uh, I'll bring it back, don't you worry. Um, Old lies told at school by kids. Hi, Rob and Josh. When I was at the school, a boy told me that Tamagotchis were the uploaded souls of dead Japanese people. Oh, my God. We were 17 at the time. Safe to say that that terrified me for years. Do you know what? At 17, that would. Because if if someone tells you that when they're like six, they're a bit like, what are they talking about? But at 17, you're like, this geezer's an incel. Yeah. yeah. He's he's into some... (laughs) Ah. He's got... He's into some stuff, he is. We've got so many lies told at school by kids. Here's another one from Mandy, okay. who says, keep it sexy, guys. There was a boy in my year at primary school who told everyone his dad was Knight Rider. Oh, yeah, we had a kid who claimed his dad had a James Bond watch. Fuck off. <laughs> he was so, so convinced of this. He kept it going for a while until we saw him being picked up from school by his dad, who was actually a BSM driving instructor with no kit car in sight but rather a very oh. uncool dual pedal control Nissan Micro. Oh, so what oh. he's done is he's gone like, oh, it's you're like Knight Rider because he's got special pedals and but it's just a Nissan oh, Micro teaching God. people to oh. drive. There's one kid at my school and um, the rumour was that his dad ran Panasonic, <laughs> like the whole company. Yeah. And the proof was that if you went into Panasonic in Exeter, the kid's dad would be in there. Right. The head of Panasonic isn't working in the local Panasonic in Exeter. No, he's Come at Penzance. <laughs> he knows what a flagship store is, mate. Right, let's get Peter Andre when we've babbled on for ages. Sorry, here's Peter Andre. Yeah. Also, great back catalogue of mega hits. Mysterious Girl will be a mega hit forever. I apologise about that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because sometimes when we go places overseas and you walk into a nightclub, I don't really go to clubs anymore, but when you walk into somewhere, a bar or whatever, and they play the song, and people in other countries, they have no idea who sung it. They just know the song. Yeah. And I'll be sitting there moving along with it, dying inside. <laughs> they sit next to me, and they have no idea, and it's quite funny. We will get onto the parenting. That video for Mysterious Girl, when did you get that ripped? Like, how did that work? So this is true story, right? I was picked on a lot as a kid because... Where I moved to in Australia, it wasn't very multicultural. So we moved to this little place called the Gold Coast near Brisbane. And at the time, it was all beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aussies. And here we were, this Greek family with curly hair and big noses and English accents. And they weren't too keen on us. And so we got picked on a lot. And so what I used to do was these kids at school asked me what sport I liked. And I said, football, because I'd just come from England. So I was born in England, moved there when I was six. And I said, I support football. And they went what american football and i said no football you know and i was doing this and they went what soccer and i went yeah and they started laughing and this kid just cracked me one in the oh, face no because oh, listen here we don't do girl sports here and that's a girl sport and i thought that's a really odd thing incidentally soccer back then was huge with the socceroos which were the girl teams yeah yeah, yeah. now stock is massive in australia but it's funny because then when the Lionesses were smashing it here, I was like, yeah, we remember the Stockeroos from back in the day who were heroes. But anyway, because I couldn't belong to their sports because 
They were all playing cricket and rugby. They're all massive, especially Gold Coast. It's quite alpha male. I know. You fucking soft cock. They call you soft cock so much. Fucking soft cock. Yeah, absolutely. When I did I'm a Celebrity, all the camera guys are from, and they were like, right, mate, I've got an idea. I'm going to fucking kidnap Joe Swash, take him out into the fucking bush and fucking tape him up. And I went, mate, he's the presenter on the show. You can't, you're the cameraman. You can't nick the presenter. <laughs> I went, oh, fuck off, you soft cock. He said, just having a fucking laugh. Sometimes they can't be bothered to say the whole thing, so they'll just call you a cock. Yeah, and they've got massive hands. All Australian blokes got massive strong hands because all their sports are hands. So they were being a bit mean to you and then you got in shape, did you? Yeah, so I thought, well, I can't really hang out with them because the ones that don't like me are playing all the sports that I can't be part of. So I just used to go to the gym and sit there. My brother wouldn't let me lift any weights because I was too skinny and too young. So I'd just sit there and I'd do abs for an hour and a half way with them lots to finish. <laughs> And I would just sit, literally do sit-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, push-ups. Well, by the time I was 16, I'm like, geez, this is all right. That's how it happened. Really? Because it was also, it was in a time before abs. Do you know what I mean? It was like, what was it, 93 or whatever year it would have been. Yeah. In Love Island now, lots of people look like that. No one had those abs in those days. You invented the ab. My dad thought it was plastic surgery. Did he? He thought that's not real. I've been asked to this day by chest implants... And I thought, you know what? I wish they existed, man, because I worked so hard for that. Yeah. I'd have loved to have just gotten an easy job. <laughs> the problem is you build a rod for your own back. Tell me about it. Because then years later, everyone else is looking ripped on these shows and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, no. Nah. We have to deal with that with Joel Domit. He's still ripped. Yeah. He is ripped. Mm. But one day he won't be. Let's talk to you about your kids, Peter. For people that don't know, what kids have you got? We are a bit like cockroaches. There's loads of us. <laughs> It all started from my dad, who was his mum and dad, well, his mum, obviously, same dad, was pregnant 17 <laughs> times. Whoa. No. 17 times. And I think only 13 survived at the end. Oh, my word. 12 ended up surviving. Yeah. So dad's one of 12, eventually. Blimey. Then I'm one of six. So now anything under double digits, we're thinking, <laughs> oh, we're not, we're not succeeding. <laughs> How many kids you got and what are their ages? So we've got juniors. He'll be 18 in June. Can you believe it? Princess is 15. Do you like how I'm taking ages to figure it out because I forgot their ages? Yeah. Amelia's nine and Theo's six. But obviously, I've changed five sets of nappies in the last 20 years. So I'm a dad pad. Yeah. 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 And obviously, in previous relationships, there's been stepchildren and stuff like that. So for the last 20 years, yeah. kids have been ruling your life. I just want... Theo to get to the point where he could just wipe his own bum. <laughs> then it's out. <laughs> yeah. You're done. I'm like, come on, please. That's 20 years of arse wiping you've done nearly. I've been called an arse wipe, but to be doing it constantly, <laughs> I, I understand why now. It must be difficult having you know, the 18 and 15 year old and a boy and a girl are presenting way more different problems than a yeah. kid. You know, obviously, sometimes imagine having a teenage daughter, you'd much rather her still be four and you having to wipe her bum and put her to bed at six rather than her going out, Mate. doing what she's doing. So how are you managing that, having the little kids and then teenage problems? No, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather her be a teenager than me having to do all that again. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. It's the boyfriend thing and the girlfriend thing. So when Junior was 15... And he started going out with a girl and he was asking, can I go see her? I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. And all I remember Emily saying to me was, whatever rules you have for Junior, you're going to have to have the same rules for Princess. Yeah. Mm. You can't do the old school mentality. Because I was old school. I grew up in a generation where our parents, they let the boys do everything. But, you know, the girls, and I feel bad because my sister 
she went through so many years where she wasn't allowed to do things that us boys were allowed. Yeah. And it took me to have kids and for them to start growing up for me to go, yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah. They have to be equal. So I used to joke that my daughter's going to be a nun, even though I secretly wanted that to happen, but it never was. <laughs> I realized that actually whatever rules I set for Junior at 15, I had to set for her at 15 and now she's 15 and I'm going, oh my gosh. And I'm starting to get scared, but I think we're handling it okay. You never know if you're doing the right thing. You just hope for the best. You just hope for the best. Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Velux XE, you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. Juvederm Velux XE injectable gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D. Erm.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergic to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And with the younger one, so what they six and nine? Did you say? Yeah. I've heard that six is, that's a nice age, right? The best. So you're still bum wiping at six because my youngest is five and she still makes me wipe a bum on the toilet and I'm like, this has got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I think five, six is, I think they're too old for that and I'm doing it as well. I'm not criticising you, Peter. I'm wiping asses as well at an age where you shouldn't. Exactly what I've said. And I'm like, come on, mate, just <laughs> at least do the first three wipes. <laughs> Meet me halfway. Yeah, come in as a foreman of the building site. Where I could just do the final check over to go, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. And that might include me not having to do anything because, yep, yeah, you're good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Show me the last piece. Yep, yeah, we're good. Maybe that's the process. Maybe I'll suggest that. Yeah, yeah. But they won't meet me halfway. And it's like they know. All I hear is this. If mum's home, it's mum, I'm done. If dad's home, dad, I'm done. I know exactly what's happening. Right in the middle of my sandwich. Yeah. Right in the middle of a coffee. Yeah. And, and then I come back and I'm like, I don't want to eat it anymore. <laughs> Were you good at the nappies? I was very hands-on because, again, thinking back to my parents' generation, my mum did all of that. Yeah. Really? Yes. It was very much like, I love you, my son, but you keep your ass wiping to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, nah, I think time's changed. Yeah, of course. I like being a hands-on dad. I just didn't think it was going to be that hands-on. I can't imagine you as a disciplinarian because you're such a nice bloke. I wouldn't say soft, that's the wrong word, but you're not like an alpha male, despite the abs, <laughs> you know. So I can't imagine you being too disciplinarian-y. It's really weird because, again, going back generations, 
you know, where we used to get good walloping at school from the headmasters, you know, with mm. canes and all that. Really? Oh, yeah. How old are you? Are you like 93, but look unbelievable? <laughs> I'll never forget this. I got the cane at six years old oh. at school. It was the stick and it was right across there. It was the oh. worst pain. I got it at high school in Australia. And also in England, when I was six, I got, they called it the plimsoll pudding. You remember plimsolls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you almost went down. No, no, but just not for dessert. Normally for PE. <laughs> not the headmaster, the vice headmaster, whatever, the one underneath him. He used to get the plimsoll and he used to smack him. We used to get the plimsoll pudding if we were misbehaving. Oh, my word. And that was one under the cave. So where would he hit you with the plimsoll? Ah. Oh. Get it cracked on the head, oh, really? the bum, wherever. Yeah, you would get a plimsoll. A clump, yeah. And so we called it the plimsoll pudding. And when I had kids, I thought... Should I get some plimsolls? I thought, should I buy some plimsolls? No. <laughs> I thought, if I give the look that my dad used to give me, because dad used to give me a look, right? Yeah. Mm. And I thought, if I give them that look, is that going to stop them doing it? Or was it the smack that used to stop me doing it? Yeah. yeah. And I realised, my kids, because I've never raised my hands to them ever, I realised that that look and them feeling like they disappoint you sometimes is a worse feeling. Yeah. Because I remember if I disappointed dad, the feeling I would have of disappointing him, even now when I'm 50 and I still feel like I don't want to disappoint him. So I found a way to navigate around it. So I disciplined them without ever having to raise my hand to them. Can we see the look? The look. Oh, do you know what it is? It's because you're so smiley and likeable at <laughs> night. As soon as you stop smiling, it does get quite stressful. It's got to be a bit of a De Niro, like... Yeah, I started yeah. panicking. I instantly felt like the interview was going badly, Rob. It instantly <laughs> felt like we yeah, overstepped the mark. He smiled again and I felt so relieved. <laughs> Thank God for that. Thank God for that. It was like, yeah, all right, we'll mention the book, Peter. We'll mention the book, okay? Yeah. I'll do anything but I'm not wiping your ass. <laughs> so with the little kids, they're obviously like get into school and stuff like that. So is it hard to do activities with the older ones? Because an 18 and a 15-year-old don't want to be a soft player. Do you try and do separate stuff with them? Because it's hard to keep them all happy at those ages. Mate, that is such a good point because you always see it around the 15 age where they start to not want to come to everything. Yeah. So Junior at 15, he started being like, oh, Dad, do you mind if I see my friend or do you mind if I and I'm thinking I knew it was coming to that stage and now Princess is 15 and I've just the very first time in the last few months there's a couple of family things we've done and she said oh, is it okay if I don't go so I get it I get it because I was the same around that time so that's mm. tricky um, but if we all go for dinners or we do stuff like that we always go together oh that's nice how big's Christmas then? If you've got all the kids at yours for Christmas, is that all brothers and cousins? And because you're from a massive family, are they all in the UK? Are they still Australia, Greece, all spread around? Yeah, so mum and dad were in Oz, but you want to hear the weirdest story. My mum and dad, we grew up as Jehovah's Witnesses. So even though I'm not a witness. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mum and dad are devout witnesses, so they don't celebrate Christmas. Oh, really? Wow. We never celebrated Christmas until I had kids. No way. I never celebrated it. Wow. 18, 19 years ago is the first time I ever celebrated Christmas. And what was that like, that first time you celebrated Christmas? Oh, after how much I spend every Christmas, I'm like, my dad was right. <laughs> <laughs> Were they a little bit put out that you didn't carry on being a witness? Yeah, of course, of course. And, and you know what? It's a really tough thing because... I love what I learned and I respect everything I learned and I'm not one of these people that leaves a faith and then talks against it because yeah, of yeah. to be honest, when I was bullied as a kid, the witnesses 
they took us in. They were loving. Yeah, they yeah. didn't care what nationality you were. It was just the same faith. I guess many faiths are similar in that way. So I've got nothing but love for it. But, you know, you get to 16 and there's things you're not allowed to do before you're married. And when you've got abs like that, you're fighting them off. You can't have abs like that. It's easy to be a Jehovah's Witness if you're fat and ugly. If you're ripped like you, <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> Peter Andre at 17, not allowed to kiss a girl. Leave it out. Look at him. Oh, mate. And then you just sort of rebel because you're just kind of doing, yeah. you know, you're not allowed to do anything. And funny enough, even then, when all that started happening and I left, I still never celebrated Christmas because I didn't really know how to. Yeah, yeah. of course. I used to get on a plane when I was coming to England. I used to get on a plane on Christmas Day to fly back to Oz because it was the quietest flight. Yeah, of course. And so I used to always fly on Christmas Day, so I never celebrated it. And then had kids and I was like, but here's the thing, right? Yeah. When Junior wants a pair of trainers that are more than what you would buy. Yeah. 500 presents for Millie and Theo. Yeah. The trainers are the same price. It's like you end up buying your older kids one main present. Yeah. And your younger kids like 30 or 40. So I say to them, look, guys, wouldn't you rather have 10 or 15 small presents or one big one? What do you think they go for? One big one. Cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cash. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever tried to sneak your parents over for Christmas without telling them, like going, hey, what are you doing on the fourth Saturday <laughs> in December? Might have a bit of dinner. <laughs> you don't mind turkey. I say that to mum and she says, well, on this day when Jesus Christ was, uh, I said, all right, mum. Okay, I get it. She knows her days, mate. Yeah, <laughs> Don't mess with mum. Yeah. So did you have to go door to door when you were a kid? Yeah, I sure did. Wow. And actually, when I was about 15, there was a girl I really liked and I was like, we were seeing each other and it was, I was thinking, I can't, you're not allowed to sit on the fence. I remember... I was getting to a point of thinking, oh, you know, maybe I need to go my own way. And then someone said, yeah, but you're a Michael Jackson fan. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, he was my idol back back in those days. And they said, well, he's a witness because apparently all his family were witnesses. And they were like, Prince, you know, Prince, I don't know if you know this, but Prince was a witness too. Right. And so you would think, well, if they're doing it, I'll do it. Yeah. But then a year or so later, it just, yeah. So who are the famous witnesses? <laughs> Michael Jackson and Prince. George Benson is an elder. Yeah. Remember George Benson? Yeah, yeah. Remember Gimme the Night? There's quite a few, you know, I mean, a lot of actors as well. The thing is, though, when you're brought up in a faith, you do tend to be defensive of it. Yeah, of yeah. course. Later on in life, even when you're not part of it, because you know a lot of what you learned was actually for your own good. Have you brought your kids up in any kind of... So I started to, when Junior and Princess were really small, I used to take them to the Kingdom Hall, especially for the memorial, which was once a year. But then I again had that moment as they started to get older and went, I've got to let them decide what they want to do. Yeah. yeah. Because when you bring someone up in a faith, whatever faith that is, or however you bring someone up, it's instilled in them. Then, then there's a sense like with us of real guilt when you're not part of it anymore. And I want them to be at an age where they go, yeah, this is what I want. This is, you know, I'm not sure if that's what I want to do. So, so I've left it for that reason. Is there anything you still take from it? You know, like, we're not religious in my family. We do Easter and Christmas. Are there any little, like, events, Jehovah's Witnesses events or celebrations or anything that you still do and have a little party for? Once a year, the memorial, yeah. which is, like, around Easter time, every year. And, and I do it a lot because mum's like, are you going to the memorial? She knows. She doesn't even know the day. She knows the minute. 
He knows the times, even in England, what time it's on. Really? Oh, she knows. And she's 86. I'm like, okay, mum. Yes, I'm doing it, mum. I'll be there. Don't worry. And so they look on Zoom and they can see who's who's on it, even if they don't see your face. But I enjoy it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I just didn't know that about you. That's such a fascinating background. And it's so nice to hear someone, you know, even though you're not involved in it, to talk so positively about something like that. I think it's a really great thing. Yeah. The door-to-door witnessing was always a tough one, though, because yeah. when we were kids, we were told, you know, you've got to go door-to-door and preach the good news of the kingdom. And there were other words that were after that. And I grew up and I thought, yeah, but surely back then when the Bible was written, Door to door, mate, everyone just lived in tiny villages. They knew yeah. everybody. There was yeah. about 15 people in a village. It's yeah. like, I'm going to go preach to my cousin, John. <laughs> yeah. Come on, John, let's have a drink. Look, but you know, as time's gone on and we were going and actually knocking on people's doors that we didn't know, and it was a scary thing. That must have been tough. How often did it go well? Not often. Yeah. Not often, but because you've got to preach it, we did. But I still understand that it was a great feeling when someone. Because there would be the odd person, you know that old saying of like, if I could just help one person, yeah, yeah, you know, and there would be times when people would be like life changing for them because they were searching for something, and then you just turned up, yeah. And I always used to wonder, I wonder what they did when Michael Jackson knocked on the door. Yeah. He used to go witnessing. Do you know? Did that? It? I didn't. Know. <laughs> he used to go. Apparently, he used to go in his car because his brother told me, his brother Tito, he said that that they all would walk door to door. And Michael would be in a car, yeah. stop, get out, go knock on the door. If it was positive, he would talk. If it wasn't, he'd get back in wow. the car and get to the next bus. Just kind of moonwalk away. That's how he developed the moonwalk. Yeah. Just creeping away <laughs> yeah. from the house. <laughs> That's quite good, actually. I love that. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like UGG, Samsung, and Expedia. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. That's Rakuten. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Let's talk about your kids' book. What an absolute gear change that is, eh? That was like the one show, wasn't it? That was unbelievable. Jehovah's Witnesses to Super Space Kids Save Planet Drizzlebottom, which after hearing about your kid needing their bum wiped really takes on a new meaning. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely covered everything in this show. There's something for everyone. Something for everyone. Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, they placed it. Scholastic have placed it really nicely here. Oh, there it is. Show us it. Get it in front of the camera. 
Here we go. So this is a, a kid's picture book for ages three plus, and it's based on the stories you make up stories at bedtime with the kids. Is that correct? Yeah. It's called Why Won't You Wipe Your Own Ass, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's just written in Greek, but basically, yes, it means exactly that. <laughs> and so you came up with these stories at bedtime, right? Yeah, so it goes back to the childhood again because... And I know it sounds weird, but I didn't really read books. Like the only books I had anything to do with was the Bible or anything kind of biblical when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, all the kind of Bible story books. And Drizzlebottom was one of Jesus's nicknames, <laughs> wasn't he? Quite famously. I thought when I got to reading for the kids, when it, you know, you have to do it as a dad. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't concentrate when I was reading it. Yeah. So I'd start going off on a tangent. And I've always been fascinated by sci-fi. I'm Back to the Future is one of my favourite the trilogy is one of my favorites and also Close Encounters, one of the best, right? Yeah. I started talking about space travel and, you know, life on other planets and all that sort of stuff. And as time went on, I just put the books down. I just started creating these stories with them. And every night we'd go to a different planet and they'd solve these problems. And so I just went to Scholastic and said, look, I've got this idea for a book. And they were like, we love it. And they said, actually, we'd love a series of this subject. So they said to me, can you please give us 800 words, put 800 words down by September. This was July. They said, if you can give us 800 words by September. That afternoon, I sent them nearly 4,000 words, right? I just- <laughs> You'd already written it, haven't you? I'd yeah. just written the whole thing, sent it to them, and they were like, okay, we've got to cut it down, but we love this idea. Bit keen, Peter, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly what they thought. Well, I suppose you've written the books- already making the stories up in front of your kids. Yeah. You actually just get them down on paper. They're like Noel Gallagher of his first two albums, isn't it? Yeah. He'd already written them. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the thing. When it comes from you, it's just, you think, well, if my kids love it, hopefully other kids will love it. And that's why we've done it. So hopefully they will love it. Oh, brilliant. Of your kids, they must be really excited because obviously these are the stories that you've told them and now they physically exist. I know they're now a bit old maybe for them, but what have they made of these books? They love it, but they can't understand the concept that it's a book that other people are going to read. They think that we made this book and printed it for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, when you do a photo album for your yeah, mum, yeah, 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 yeah. that's what they think I've done. Yeah, right. so they're like, oh, thank you for my present. And I'm like, no, I'm going to give this to you. The headmaster, why, why are you giving my book to the headmaster? Because their names are in it. It's about them, Millie and Theo. So I suppose if the kid's reading it on the train, they'll go, they've nicked my book. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And then you're like, no, anyone can buy it. <laughs> Have you gone into schools and stuff? Have you done that yet? No, not yet. Not yet. I only got released today. It's one of those things of like, I don't even know if it's going to do anything. I don't even know if it's going to sell anything, but I'm just glad I'm doing it. But I know with these things, they can escalate quickly. If it sells, then you'll get invited to. Yeah. It'll be fun. You'll be invited to school. Oh, you'll be invited to schools. I'll get you. Into- I'll come to your, your guy's school. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to come to my kid's school. It's pretty right. Lou would love it. Lou, first gig was you at Croydon. My wife. No way. Obsessed with you, Peter. It's actually upsetting. No way. When when are you talking about? How many years ago? Oh, I'm like, she's 37 now. I think she's probably about 15. It would have been your first UK tour in so Croydon. Fairfield Fe- Hall. That's Fairfield the one. Fairfield Hall. No way. She was you know, there. I've only ever done that once. So I know that night. And I. it was the first time ever yep. I had my trousers ripped, ripped off. Rob's got them on the wall in the sitting room. Luke kept them. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you. I knew it was there. No, I was just joking. But I remember that night so well because I'd ne- it had never been so crazy because mm. I'd come from Australia and I was unknown. We were just starting and I remember doing Fairfield Tour and I refer to it all the time now. 
it's an iconic gig. About that particular night. Like Nebworth. If she's got a photo, I'd love to see that. Oh dear, I don't know. A lot of me naked. How did you end up having your trousers ripped off? Were you going into the crowd? She's very strong, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, she's got some power. <laughs> They didn't completely come off, but they were completely yeah. ripped. I'll never forget it. And I was holding on to them like this. Amazing. It was a mad night. But the abs were out. Yeah. But yeah, she speaks fondly of that night in Croydon. She took her dad with her. To be honest, mate, she speaks to me fondly about <laughs> you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to go take your kids to gigs and stuff like that? Because she was too young to go on her own. So her dad went with her like to, that, to your gig at Croydon. Have you ever been dragged along to stuff like mad drum and bass gigs or this new boy band or girl band or K-pop and you're stood there going, what is this? Yeah, I remember once, because my kids like, they like certain people, so I sometimes will go and take them to see those groups or that band. Yeah. And it is interesting seeing it from the other side, but then then they get very quickly, they grow out of that stage where they don't want their parent to go with yeah, them. Of course. They want someone else to take them. It's only a short period of time. Isn't it? But it's weird because they don't want their parents there, but they would quite happily go with their friend's dad. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that's fine and whatever. But then the kid always is like, oh God, I don't want my dad to come with me. It's so true because like one of my daughter's friends, her dad's a chef, right? Unreal cook. But he'll say, I want to go to... Millie's house because her dad's a really good cook and you should learn you should take from him and I'm thinking I can't even cook anywhere near like he does but what I'm saying is this whole thing of the kids always their mates parents are always better yeah of course it's that sort of thing you know have you done anything career-wise where you've gone I'm doing this because this will impress my kids do you know what I mean I'm going to go on this show that they love or I'm going to do this song that I know means a lot to them 100% this one's a classic and I got a call from the people that do the Teletubbies. <laughs> and they said, oh, we, we want to do an album of the Teletubbies, 30 years or something. I can't remember what it was. And I said, oh, okay, what would you like me to do? Like present present it to them or something. I said, no, we want you to, to, to be their manager for this campaign we're going to do. And it's <laughs> going to be hilarious. And you can say that, you know, Simon, you know, watch it, watch it. You know, we're going to be number one this yeah. year and all that. Yeah. And I said, so basically, I'm going to make a full of myself. Then I thought about Millie and Theo, and I said, hang on, does that mean Tenny Tubbies get to come to my house? Because yeah, we're going to need to film at your house with them. Amazing. Yeah. You're going to need to be having a meeting and saying, right, you need to get up there and you need to give it your best. We've got to compete with Simon Cowell, and I think it was Coldplay that were yeah. competing for the same thing. You've got to get up there and we've got to fight against Coldplay and all that. And mate, having the round of my kids' faces, the little ones. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Although, Theo said to me the other day, he sticks, he goes, Dad, you know when the telly subbies go over? I said, yeah, he goes, one of them had really hairy hats. Because <laughs> it was all mesh. Yeah. I could see through it. It was a really hairy hat. I said, look, any tubbies are hairy on the inside. <laughs> They're not really hairy on the outside, right? I'm thinking, how am I going to explain this? I was brilliant. But yeah, they that I did that for them, and it was brilliant. And the album flopped. Oh, did it? <laughs> <laughs> so win, Stan. Yeah, Lisa. Lisa. It yeah. was worth it, though. It was worth it for having the Teletubbies in your. Well, house. That's, I think that's why you know you've you've had such a long career and and so popular. Is you don't take yourself too serious. No, you can't. If the kids get to experience the Teletubbies being around your house, it's a funny story, isn't it? Absolutely, you can't, mate. Because when I was younger, I did, and I I say it a lot lately because I think I reflect a lot now. But I don't like who I became at one point. I don't like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you get older and your kids get older and they humble you really quickly because they tell you what's real. 
And you kind of look back and go, yeah, you know, so I'm glad now I don't take, no, I don't, not at all, because no one cares. That's the thing. No No. one cares. Do they like Mysterious Girl, your kids? (laughs) Um, Yeah, they do. Have they seen the video? I don't think my youngest two have, no. No. Well, no, I think the question on all their lips would be the same as everyone's. Why were you wearing jeans in the steam? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I don't want to have to have that conversation with them just yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose when you're, you're old, your boys get a bit like, you get cocky and stuff, and, go, and they're going to the gym a bit. You can go, have a look at have that. Have a look at that. That's going to the gym. Come on. What was going on with your hair? How much product in your hair in that video? It was disgraceful. <laughs> so you know what I used to do? I used to use this can of Silhouette. Do you know Silhouette? No. Have you ever heard of it? No, no. It's a lacquer. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's called Silhouette. We used to call it the Black Death because it was a black bottle. It was so strong. And in the 80s and 90s when we used to go out and have long curly hair, yeah. I used to spray half a bottle of this going out one night. It was like a rock. Yeah. yeah. You could balance your mate on it, <laughs> yeah. right? So I used to do that even in the Mysterious Girl days because my hair was curly and I had to straighten it. For that to sit there, I had to use this lacquer, right? Right. The problem was with it, and so much product, but the problem was when you'd have a cup of tea, you had to move it because <laughs> if you didn't, it would dip into the tea and your tea would just get this little film of just lacquer <laughs> on it. <laughs> true, true. About your younger kids, after you put their faces out there, your youngest two, you're a bit more reserved with their image online and stuff. I have to be honest, that's an Emily thing. Yeah, yeah. I've got to respect her for that yeah, because she was, I would have just done it naturally. It's hard not to, yeah. Yeah, you get excited and you want to show them, you know. Because obviously with your elder two, you had a reality show at some point as well. Yeah. And you, you were like almost like a trailblazer for that, really. And then since then, there's been like Towie. And then you see like the Fern McCann have got a show with their kids and Billy and Sam Fairs. And not just on TV, but like online and Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, we share our private lives. It's a reality show, but a podcast for me and Josh really about our wives and kids. And then on Instagram, everyone's sort of got their kids and stuff involved. And there's like mummy influencers, dad influencers. And as someone who was there sort of at the beginning, is there anything you sort of like learnt from that period uh, that you reflect on because you you know you're the first people to do it not knowing what would go on to happen with it all the repercussions of it too you're right because the thing is it's been really good having two that have done it and two that haven't because the two that have done it are kind of aware of the pitfalls and they don't take anything seriously and i say guys don't read comments yeah and i say whatever you put online remember people are going to see it and they're going to comment on it so be a bit careful and then Junior will say, yeah, but were you careful when you used to say or do things in the past? And I said, no, and I don't want you to make the same mistake. I was stupid. Yeah. yeah. So they know the pitfalls and they're aware of it. So that's that's good on that side. The other side, and Emily, and I praise her for it because she was like, I'm not having million Theo spaces out there. And I said, fine, that's absolutely, I respect that. Yeah. The good thing is they go anywhere and no one has a clue yeah. who they are, what they do, and they're not. It's not about treating anyone different. It's I don't want them to feel different. Yeah. Yeah. Emily didn't want them to feel different. And I, I understand that. So it's it's kind of good seeing it on both sides. But yeah, Ginny and Princess are pretty good with it because sometimes I say, if you put something on and you think it's going to get a bad reaction, 
you either turn your comments off or you just don't put it on. Like, yeah. don't fall into that world of negativity. It's not nice at all. You're, th- you're so positive and it feels like you're very measured. You're like very calm and collected and because you've been in the headlines and all sorts of things and like, especially now of like trolling and online and comments and you know, not even if you're on the telly, but you know, you can see it with kids uh. at school groups on WhatsApp or Roblox where people are talking about them and said they did this, there's photos and videos. Like, what advice would you give to anyone that, is on the end of negative attention for whatever reason because you seem to deal with it really well it's really tough and i've had my fair share when twitter first came out Mm. and before there was such thing as trolls and yeah yeah, before people really knew what it meant ah mate it was horrific at the start and i never knew how to handle it and then i thought well the first thing i stopped doing was reading because i thought if you're reading something and you see the first negative word like i hate as soon as you see that just block it before you read the rest of it because once you've read it you can't unsee it yeah and then i thought you know god i'm choosing to go on these things so you you're fair game so you just got to put up with whatever's said and then i thought but i have to do it because it's my job and if i don't do it then you of course you got to promo your book and the publishers yeah. expect that that kind of stuff you need the platforms exactly because they'll say well what's your insights how many followers you know yeah. that's a lot of what happens mm. now whereas back in the 90s there was no such thing. So I do try and tell them, look, you know, it, depending on what kind of job you want to do, yeah, it could be important for that, but use it as a work tool, which sounds a bit odd yeah. when you're 16, 17, but I think they'll eventually get it. I don't know if Emily will let Millie and Theo have things like that. Junior and Princess weren't allowed to even have Instagram until they were 14 and it had to be on private, although my daughter didn't listen, <laughs> standard. And I wanted to see for a year what kind of things they post yeah. to know whether it would be okay publicly. So, But I've made mistakes in the past. I think that's really good to go, like, I've made mistakes, so learn from it, rather than pretending you're some kind of know-it-all parent that grown-ups yeah. can't make mistakes. I think that's a really healthy way of parenting. I've made some shockers, <laughs> even when I look back at some reality shows, Matt, and I think yeah. I hate that I became a certain way, that yeah. I had arrogance. I, I can't believe that. You know, and you only know that once you've grown up. Yeah, totally. It's very brave and also like admirable to reflect on that and go, I was not very nice then or, or I did something I regret then rather than going, no, 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 it was fine. You know, it does show growth to accept sometimes you, you may have done things and like anyone does like in the, in the in a way you sort of regret. Yeah. With the children's books and stuff now, you're obviously you've done the first one. Have you got them all locked and loaded, ready to go? Yeah, I'm a bit too keen now. <laughs> <laughs> It's happening again. They're sending 4,000 words a day. They're like, we're going to have to block this guy's email address. It's really getting too much for us. They're like, get rid of him. He's spamming us. He's spamming us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's funny because I thought at 50, I always said, oh, when I get to 50, I'll chill out. And then I don't know whether it was the pandemic or whatever, but when you had a year or two years of doing nothing and I realized how bored I could get when yeah. I'm doing nothing, <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I've got to work. Now. i just got to work. Yeah. Do you want to do the final question, Josh? Yeah, we always end on the same question, which is, if your partner was listening, is there one thing that your partner does that is incredible as a parent that makes you go, I'm so lucky to be with this person as a parent, and one thing that they do that annoys you but you've never brought up? As a parent? As a parent. Well, you could go wherever you want with it, Peter. You can do a full personality attack if you want. All right, let's let's go, let's go. (laughs) I've needed this therapy session for a while. Get it off your chest, Peter. So the thing that she does that makes me just melt is, you know, she's a full-time doctor and she she works and she does all that. But like a lot of parents, 
she puts her kids first, but to the point that she jeopardizes herself a lot of times. So in, in the sense of, how do I explain this? I've seen people put their kids first, but the way she does it is just, I don't know, it makes my heart melt. I've never seen anyone be so selfless when it comes to the kids. And I'm sure most people say that about their wives, but- Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. <laughs> joking. I wouldn't say about Josh's <laughs> wife either. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Rose, Rose, I'm joking. <laughs> now let's go to the thing. Yeah, the juicy bit. And this 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 thermostat thing, it does my head in, mate. <laughs> it does my head in. I, I've, my parents are from Cyprus. I've lived in Australia. I'm used to warmth. He wants it to be the Arctic all times of the year in our house, right? <laughs> I walk up, I think if I turn the heat up, she's not going to know. By the time it gets hot, she can turn it down because everything can start cooling down and it's going to take a process. And by the time she thinks it's down, I'll turn it back on again. And so we go. We've got a nice balance in the house. Oh, mate. It's too cold. It's not just cold. Put it this way. I said to her the other day, the 1st of April happened and it was pouring with rain and I went, great. Spring, I said, and it's raining. And she went, Oh no, this is how positive she is. Oh no. She said, it's a thing. It's called yeah. April showers, as if the rest of the months have not rained. And all of a sudden, we've got <laughs> April and it's raining. And I went, oh wow, great. So we're going to have a cold, rainy month. Great. I'm looking forward to that. I haven't had one of those for a while. <laughs> I'm saying this. She doesn't feel the cold at all. She no. just. She's like me. And I need the heat. Yeah. So this is the only thing, but I'm sure she'll say exactly the same thing. About you, but switching around, it's too hot. It's, I reckon that's a small price to pay. Yeah, but I love it too much to get. But she's in the right, I think, on this one. But with, um, <laughs> good luck with your book, Pia. Super Space Kids Save Planet Drizzlebottom. It's um, out now for ages three plus. Lou will be buying it, Rob. Lou will buy a copy straight away. Yeah, she loves it. I have to get it signed next time I see her. Just tell Lou if she can get me my trousers back, please, because they're back in fashion now. <laughs> yeah, can you can you do me a favour? Can you say, Louise Watts, I remember you from Fairfield Halls um, and I love you for me now, Peter, and I can play it to her. Louise, it's Peter. I remember you from Fairfield Hall. You know what? I've only ever done that once, if I remember ever, and I remember that night so well. So, you know, I mean, you ended up marrying Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Surely it wasn't that great a performance after all. Right, fine. Thanks for that. No, well, <laughs> you were her crush, and she went from Greek god to this little blonde mess. So something went wrong somewhere. To an English gentleman. To an English gentleman. Exactly. Um, cheers, mate. Peter Andre, where have you got to go now, Rob? Um, I've got to get a train back to London to go and see my wife to talk to her about ripping Peter Andre's trousers off at Fairfield Halls. The dutty, okay. the dutty woman. You've got 23 minutes to your train. Get out of your effing right. hotel. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. See you on Tuesday. Bye. 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 B